All right, Chapel say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors this morning to thank our Tamator sponsors for the month of Tishrei. Avram and Shindy Kelman for dedicating all the Sherman Rushals this month in memory of their parents. We also thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shi'urim this month in memory of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport. Oh, thank you, say thank you so much. And Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating all of the Shi'urim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz, Moshe, Ben Avram, David. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, the Rosen and Miller families, Azaz Chosfer of Shalema, Rechaim Yosef, Ben Batya, Saeed and Simahakin, and Anna Rabbi Richter, Chaim Nachman, Richard Buck, Maishi Abramson, and Gabi Kohn for graciously volunteering to make the outdoor minion happen for Rosh Hashanah, and the Stenger and Weinberg families in honor of Doug Stenger's special birthday. We thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And also with that, let us begin. I want to also thank our Kamen Akiva Kovacs for delivering yesterday's cheer. It's always uh, always an incredible source for all of us to hear his Torah. So we'll say with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Yudalit 14, and we are picking up Emirat Hashem at the Mishnah on Yudalit Amud Aleph. We'll say some very interesting sugis today. In Hilchos Yamtiv. The truth is, in the coming days, we'll find some very interesting sugis. Mishnah, Yud, Dalit, Amud, Aleph. Beishame Omrim. Beishame says as follows. Tavlin nidochin b'madoch shal eitz, v'hamelach bepach, u'be'etz apar. Beishame says as follows. You can go ahead and grind up spices on Yamtiv in a madoch shal eitz. Madoch shal eitz is a pestle made out of wood. Vahamelach and salt can be ground up bepach. Pach, we'll see if you look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Pach shel cheres is an earthenware utensil, or an earthenware utensil, ube'etz ha'paror, or with a wooden spoon. So let's take a look at Rashi over here for just a moment and see what's happening. Rashi says over here, Maduch hubuchna shemakin bokidako. So first of all, Maduch is just a regular pestle. Right, the regular mortar and pestle. So something you use to normally grind things up. So again, Shemakin Kidako Bein Sarach Shinui. So what's happening over here? So we'll delve into this in a little bit greater depth in just a moment. But what Beishamah is saying is as follows. That if you want to grind up spices on Yom Tiv, you are permitted to do so in a normal fashion. That's what it means to use a pestle. That's to grind up spices in a normal fashion. However, oh, you know what I realized? Sorry. I see my sheen. I realized what I forgot technologically. Okay, good. I think I did. All right, so, so, so again, so to start the Mishnah once more, on your Dalad Amud Aleph. Omrim. Beishamah say as follows. You could grind up spices in a normal fashion using a wooden pestle. Salt, if you want to grind it up on Yamtiv, has to be ground with a shinui. You cannot go ahead and grind it up in the normal fashion. Rather, you have to grind it up with a shinui. That's what it means. With an earthenware vessel. Or with a large wooden spoon. This is the position of Beishamai. Spices ground normally, salt ground with a shinui. Beisila omrim. Beisila, on the other hand, say, 
Tavlin Nidochin Kidarkon. They agree that spices can also be ground in the normative fashion. Now, interestingly enough, the truth is, Beishamai even says that even, even spices are ground a little bit with a shinui, right? A little bit of a shinui, because they're saying ultimately, again, you're using a, you're using a maduch shal'itz, right? You're using a wooden pestle. Beisilo says, Mamish, you can go ahead and grind spices in a totally normative fashion, even with a pestle made out of stone. Vahamelach the maduch shal'itz. Salt should be ground with a wooden pestle. So here's what's coming out of the Mishnah. Everyone agrees that you could grind that you could grind spices on Yamtiv. Beishamai says use a little bit of a shinui. Perhaps instead of going ahead and using a pestle made out of stone, use a pestle made out of wood. Okay? Basilil says you don't need any shinui. You could just go ahead and grind spices pretty much in the normative way. When it comes to salt, everyone agrees that you require some type of shinui. Beishamai requires a more dramatic shinui of not using a pestle at all but rather using either an earthenware utensil or for that matter, a wooden spoon. Beis Hillel says, just use a different kind of pestle. What's going on over here? Says the Gemara. So what's happening here? Says the Gemara. Dikuli Alma. Everyone agrees. Mihas melach bayashinui. So we'll say the point that everyone agrees with on Mishnah is the grinding of salt requires a shinui. That's what everyone agrees with, right? Grinding of salt requires a shinui. My timer, what's the reason for this? Rav Huna Barav Chista. Chad Amar kol hakederos kulan tzrichos melach. Ve'en kol kederos tzrichos tavlin. Very interesting. One opinion says the reason why everyone agrees salt requires a shinui if you grind it on Yom say Now, let's take one step back over here. Remember that the act of grinding is one of the Lametes Malachos, right? Tochem is a Malacha. What's very important to remember is the Malachos, the 39 Malachos, apply on Yom Tiv as well. Just the only difference on Yom Tiv is, is what? Is Ochal Nefesh, which means things that ultimately, again, you need for food preparation activities are permitted. But even that is not a carte blanche. Right? Instead, what the Gemara is going to say is like this. Why do you have to grind up salt with a shinoi on Yamtiv? Because listen to this. One opinion said, all food requires salt and not all food requires spices. So what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Supposedly, listen to this. Since every single dish requires salt, if there's one thing you know on Erev Yantiv, it's what? It's what? You need salt. Which means that you should have prepared it on Erev Yantiv. So the, what the Gemara is saying is like this. When it comes to Ochal Nefesh, the only time you have a license to engage in Malacha is if you need to do something that was unforeseeable on Erev Yantiv. But if you knew you were going to need something on Erev Yantiv and you failed to do so, you don't have the right to do that 
on Yom Tiv. Now, that being said, you have the right to do it on Yom Tiv, but how do you have to do it? How do you have to do it? With the Shinoi. So since, it's incredible, since everyone knows that you're going to need salt, right, you should have prepared an Erev Yom Tiv. Therefore, if you don't prepare an Erev Yom Tiv, you can't grind it in a normative fashion, you have to use the Shinoi. Both say, what an incredible Musar Haskil, right? In life, you have to be Roa as Hanolad. In life, you have to look ahead. And failure to look ahead does not go ahead and just excuse incompetence. This is an incredible usot. Sometimes things happen in life, like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Yes, you can believe that happened. <laughs> I, I just, I didn't think ahead enough. I didn't plan ahead. I knew this was going to happen, and I should have taken steps to go ahead and address this thing which was going to come up. Failure to think ahead, failure to be proactive, does not give you a license to just do whatever you want. I should have thought ahead when it comes to salt. I should have. I didn't do so. Okay, can you grind it up on Yom Tev? You can, but you have to do it in a non-normative fashion. The Chadamar. Second opinion says something a little bit different. Kala Tavlin Mafigin Taibin. So we'll say, so remember, this is very important because whatever is going to be true for, for grinding is going to be Pashtos be true for other Malachas as well. Although, We'll see if that statement is true or not. But Lamaisa, the Gemara is perhaps potentially introducing us to a concept that maybe Ochel Nefesh only covers things that could not have been foreseen on Erev Yamtiv. But if you could have foreseen the need Erev Yamtiv, you should have taken steps then. And failure to do so will require me to then utilize a Shinui for that particular action on Yamtiv. The Chadam, or the other opinion, says no. Kola Tavlin Mefigin Taimun. Melach in the other opinion says, no, no, no. The reason why you have to crush salt, grind salt before Yom Tiv, but you don't have an obligation to grind spices before Yom Tiv is very simple. Salt doesn't lose its potency or its flavor if ground in advance. Other spices do. Now, both according to this approach, the license to engage in malachas for Ochal Nefesh, that, that license is present, when I could not have done the same thing before Yom Tiv with the same qualitative results. Because what's I think about this is just a moment. If you go with the, with the, we'll call it the rule, that anything that you could do before Yom Tiv, you really have to do before Yom Tiv. Can you cook before Yom Tiv? Sure. Can you bake before Yom Tiv? Absolutely. But yet again, you could cook before Yom Tiv, but it's not the same as fresh food. You could bake before Yom Tiv, but it's not the same as fresh bread. So this other opinion says as follows, that the difference between salt and other spices is the grinding of salt Erev Yom Tiv yields the same qualitative result. There's no difference in the quality of salt ground on Erev Yom Tiv versus salt ground on Yom Tiv itself. That is not true with other spices. Other spices, I guess the potency, the potency is much more present when ground fresh as opposed to ground Erev Yom Tiv. So therefore, again, therefore, halacha both Beisham and they disagree about how, will agree that salt has to be ground ahead of Yom Tiv because halacha l'maysa can be done with the same qualitative results. So as it says, the Gemara, my naf, my menayu. So what's interesting in these two opinions? So remember, what's interesting over here is everyone is agreeing on the fact. The fact is salt needs to be ground before Yom Tiv. Spices do not. What's the difference? Why does salt have to be ground in Erev These are two different opinions. Opinion one is because halacha so you knew you were going to need it. So anything you know you're going to need, you have to do in advance. 
Opinion number two is that the potency is, is, is unimpacted, right? The potency remains the same. So you could do it before Yom Tov with the same qualitative result. What's the price of literacy in those two opinions? Ikebenayu, diyada, diyada So we'll say, interestingly enough, you know where this comes up? Where it comes up is, if you knew which dish you were going to go ahead and cook on Erev Yom Tov, so we'll say, so right, so again, if I knew that I was going to be cooking a particular dish which required salt on Erev Yom Tov, that would require me to grind salt before Yom Tov, but to the, according to the second approach, not necessarily so. Inami, the other possibility is bimorika, saffron. So apparently saffron is a spice where even if you grind it up early, it doesn't really impact the taste. So it could be then saffron would kind of be in the salt category where halacha lamaisa, again, there wouldn't be a problem with going ahead and grinding it up early. Okay, so that's the nafkamino. I'm going to be there as well. So, we'll say, so by the way, what we're going to see is la halacha, we pretty much adopt that second approach. We're going to see this. And that becomes a guiding light in hilchos yamtiv, which essentially tells me that I am allowed to do whatever I need to do on Yamtiv, assuming it could not have been done before Yamtiv with the same qualitative results. That's gonna be our guiding light. We'll see that in the Shulchan Aruch over here, and we're gonna see that concept come up over and over and over again. So the Gemara goes right to Amrav Shmuel, Wow, comes along Shmuel, and Shmuel says, and Shmuel says that halacha lamaisa, anything that is ground could be ground in the normal fashion, even salt. So I will say, so now Shmuel's statement seem to, seems to be at odds with both Beishamai and Beisilo. Because although Beisham and Beisilo are disagreeing about how you should do things, both are agreeing that salt should be ground before Yamtiv. Comes along Shmuel and says, no, you could grind anything you want on Yamtiv, even halacha lamaisa salt. I, but we learned that the grinding of salt requires a shinui. So who does Shmuel hold like? Who the Amar ki hai tano? Shmuel holds like the following tano. The Sanya, Amar Rabbi Meir, lo nech luku beishama beisila al nidochin shenidochin kidarkon umelach imahen. Listen to this tano, Bosei. This tano is an alternate version. And this tano says, both beishama beisila agree that Allah say anything that is ground can be, need, can be ground in its normative fashion, including salt. So right on Yom Tiv. Oh, listen to this. So I will say, Besham Beisil say like this. Once you're grinding spices on Yom Tiv, you could grind spices, you could grind salt, you could grind everything together. Now, I mean, I don't, you know, you mean, I don't mean actually like everything combined together, but you could, you could grind everything kind of in, in one, in one circumstance together. Where's the machlokes? Listen to this. The machlokes between Vesham and Vesila is, are you allowed to grind salt by itself? like this, if you're grinding salt by itself, Beishamai says, if you're grinding, see, if, if you're grinding everything together, you're doing one act of grinding, so you can grind salt, other spices all together. If you're grinding salt by itself, Beishamai says, first of all, you have to grind it in a non-normative fashion, which means, number one, to go ahead and use either an earthenware utensil or a large wooden spoon, which is a, which is a shinoi. 
Number two, litzli abalolokidi. So we spoke about this two days ago, which is you could grind the amount of salt you need for what? For roasting, but not for cooking. So remember again, there's a, there's a lesser amount of salt that is necessary for roasting than there is for cooking. So Veshamai says, number one, you can only grind a smaller amount of salt, and when you grind it, you must grind it with a shinui. Avalo, look at there. Basil, Basil will say, Bechol Dover. Basil will say, Aloch You could pretty much go ahead and grind it in anywhere. Or Lechol Dover. Rashi changes it here. Lechol Dover. Vafilu Likdeira. Vakarchach Kedarka Amri. Bechol Dover. So we'll say, so ultimately it sounds like, according to, Basil, according to Rashi, what Basil is saying is you could grind the salt in any way and for any reason. Bechol Dover. Oh, thank you, say Thank you. Thank you. This is like like surprise morning. What's coming out next? You know, it's a uh, thank you. So, bechol, so what, what does it mean? What does it mean? Bechol davar, right? What does it mean? The Gemara says bechol davar with anything. Bechol davar sagadaitcha ela ima lichol davar. No, no, no. Basilal doesn't mean you could grind it with anything because halachalamaisi is still have to do it with a shinui. Rather, what Basilal says you could grind it for anything, which means that halachalamaisi not only for tzli but even for cooking as well. Amali Ravacha Bardala Libre. So Ravacha Bardala said to his son, Kidaikris et atzli atzluye vidoch. So listen to this. Ravacha Bardala said to his son, If you're going to grind salt, this is talking about salt, on Yom here's what I want you to do. Atzle atzluye vidoch. Look at Rashi. We'll say it's almost right across in Rashi. Atzli atzluye vidoch. Hita hamaducha al the Sabra Kishmod Amarnidochas Kidarka Bemadok Shal Aven Umiu Shinui Zuta Badushal. Listen to this, Rabbi Say. Rav Acha Bardala essentially held like Shmuel. And Shmuel held that you could grind anything on Yamtiv. You could grind anything on Yamtiv, even salt. But Rav Acha Bardala said to his son, therefore, when grinding, you could use a stone pestle. But here's what I want you to do use the side of the pestle. And not the tip of it, right? They will say, right? In there, in there, you normally use a pestle. You hold it in your hand, right, lengthwise, and you you, you, you crush down. So Ravacha Bardlo was telling his son, "Do me a favor. Use a little bit of a shinui and use the side of the pestle. So you could use a wooden pestle, but use the side of it. A little bit of a shinui." So Rashi points out, in essence, he's holding like Shmuel that any act of grinding is permitted, but he's telling his son, employ a little bit of a shinui. Listen to this, Rav Sheishes. Shama called Bukhna. Rav Sheshes heard someone grinding. Rashi says, B'meduchas melach. He heard someone grinding salt. So, Amar, Hai lav migave debeisaihu. So, listen to this. So, Rav Sheshes says, That's not coming from my house. Right? Right? right, right that's right. That, that's not coming. That's, that, that is not coming from my home. So, the Gemara says, V'doma atzluye atzle. Well, maybe it was, but maybe the person who was grinding the salt Ultimately, again, was grinding it with the side of the pestle instead of the top of the pestle. The shame dahavit salil kale. Ultimately, again, I'll say he heard that the sound, the sound of the pounding was very clear. I guess that there's a difference in the noise when you grind with the tip of the pestle versus the side of the pestle. Obviously, I'll say they, they were they were sensitive to these things because this is how they were preparing spices. So the Maisa, he heard based on the sound, based on the sound that it was being pounded in in a regular normative fashion. So he said, "This is not coming from my home." I vidilma tavlin havu, but maybe it wasn't salt. Others of us remember again, according to Basil, you're allowed to grind regular spices, maybe non-salt, you're allowed to grind regular spices in a normative fashion 
on Yom Tiv. So maybe ultimately, again, it wasn't salt, it was regular spices, and that's why they were grinding in the regular way. Nabuche minabeach kalahu. So this is very interesting. So apparently, apparently, spices make a lot of noise. Or not spices make a lot of noise. It makes a lot of noise when you grind spices. So he heard, he heard, based on how everything was being ground, that someone was grinding salt in a normative fashion. And so he said, this is not coming from my house. Incredible. Turn around on Ain osin tisni vein koshin b'machtashas. So what's listening to this? You cannot make tisni. Now I know that's very disappointing for many. Right? They say, so what's right? What's tisni? What's tisni? So take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Ain osin tisni biyamtiv shetorach gadol hu shakotesh hachitin ad shenechlokim alif laarba. So apparently, tisni is this dish where you finally, where you grind, you grind wheat kernels to the point, literally Rashi says, you take one wheat kernel and you break it into four pieces. So you're grinding up wheat kernels. You cannot make tisni. That's statement number one. Nor can you go ahead and crush in a mortar. So the Gemara says, Tarti, are, are these two different halachas? In other words, what, what, is, isn't this the same thing? Hari kamar, matam in osin tisni. So the Gemara means to say like this, why can't you make tisni on yamtiv? Lefish in koshin v'machtashas, because you cannot use a mortar on yamtiv. Again, I will say this is another opinion now. Vleima in koshin v'machtashas, why don't you just say that you can't go ahead and use a machtashas? And I will say, look at Rashi Mishlom, Tarti, shnei dvarmi yishkan, lo zed domo lazekatan, Tisni is very fine ground, very finely ground wheat kernels. There are other types of what we'll call pounded wheat products, like Rashi says over here, like Daisa or Chilka, which are not a finely ground. And those also require the use of a mortar. So on one hand, you're saying you can't use Tisni, and then you say you can't use a mortar. But yet, it seems to contradictory. You can't use tisni, but you can use other ground wheat products. But then you say you can't use a mortar, which sounds like it can't make any ground wheat products. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, really, they're related. Why can't you make tisni? Ultimately, again, because we don't go ahead and use a mortar on, on, on yamtiv. So the Gemara says, I ve'ima, ve'ima, in kosher machtashas. Why don't you just then make a declarative statement that we don't use mortars on, on Yom Tiv? Eat honey in kosher machteshes. Have a min honey in machteshes gedola. You would have thought that only applies to a large mortar. Avava machteshes kitano ema shapir dami. But you might have thought maybe with a small mortar you are permitted to go ahead and use it. Kamash on the Bryce wanted to say no mortar at all. No mortar at all. I v'hatanya, but we learned in kosher machteshes gedola. Aval kosher machteshes kitano. I, but we learned elsewhere that that's not true. You only can't use a large mortar. But you can use a small mortar. But say, let me pause here for just a moment to, to highlight something else. There's another subject that's unfolding over here that we're going to come to a little bit later in Mesechah's Be'ah, which is a fascinating dynamic. As much as we say Ochel Nefesh is permitted, there are certain malachas that are problematic. Which malachas? Things that are normally done as large-scale malachas. Those are problematic on Yom Tev because since they're normally done large-scale, the concern was that if we let you do that on Yom Tev, what, what what's going to happen? 
it has the appearance, it has the appearance, or it could actually be, that you're going to prepare for more than just Yom Tiv. But you're going to end up preparing for post Yom Tiv as well. Just to keep in mind, one of the malachas that gives us some problems is the malacha of tochen. Because often grinding was what we'll call a mass production malacha. Right? People didn't just do grind. Usually people didn't just do, even with spices, people usually didn't just do grinding just for, you know, what you need right now. Usually it was something larger scale. The Gemara hasn't mentioned that yet. We're going to see this, by the way, when it comes, the Gemara, the, Gemara is, the Mishnah is going to mention this more explicitly later on, but I'm just mentioning it to you now because that is what's driving a lot of this discussion as well, even though it has not been stated explicitly. That's why you see the Gemara making a distinction. What do you mean a large murder and a small murder? What, is, what does that mean? Why the distinction? Oh, because if you begin to understand that in general, there's an underlying anxiety. There's an underlying halachic anxiety. Do we want people grinding anything on Yom Tiv or not? The concern is it looks like, again, a mass production malachas. So just keep that in mind. Again, we're not going to grapple with that issue today, but I'm mentioning it to you because it could give you a little bit of context for some, again, the Gemara's underlying anxiety about this. I, the Gemara's Kitana. So you wanted to say you can't use a mortar at all. But now we're saying, no, you can't use a large mortar, but you can use a small mortar. What's going on? Tanya, your sabai says, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That halach halamaisa, it means, Abai says, it means that you cannot go ahead and use a machtashas kidola. So the large, the large grinder is problematic, but the smaller grinder ultimately, again, will be permitted. Amadez, Amadez, Rava Amarlokasha, Rava says, Rava says, we're just trying to reconcile, we have two different statements regarding mortars, right? One statement says, mortars mutter. One statement says, mortars usser. So the way Abai wants to resolve it is not a problem. One is a large mortar, one is a small mortar. You can use the small mortar on Yom Tiv. You cannot use the large mortar on Yom Tiv. Rava says, lo kashya, halo and bahalu. It's very interesting. Rava said it's not a contradiction, talking about two different regions. One is talking about for us in Babel, and the other was talking about for the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. They both say, now what, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Rava Amar, Li'olam Matam Kamra Tananami Kai, Vika Amar in Koshin Klau. Halan Rashi says, The less Luhu Avde de Mizazla. Listen to this. So I will say, for us in Bavel, in Bavel, see, it's interesting. Apparently, the Jews of Eretz Yisrael, I guess, were a bit more affluent. They had, they had servants. For the Jews in Bavel who don't have servants, ultimately, again, they are permitted to go ahead and use the mortar. For the Jews of Eretz Yisrael who have servants, they can't use the mortar. Now, what's the pshat? Look at Rashi. Halahu, the islu avdi, the mezalzali va'osin bigdola, va'omrim biketano asinu. Listen to this. So Rabbi wants to suggest the Jews of Bavel, the Jews of Bavel who don't have servants, they could use a small mortar. The Jews of Eretz Yisrael can't use any mortars. Why not? Because again, out of the concern, they have, they have unscrupulous servants. And the servants, the servants go ahead and use a large mortar. They say they're using a small mortar. And therefore, the only way to take care of this is no mortar. No mortar. No mortar. No mortar. No mortar. Good. So the Gemara says as follows. Listen to this. So that puppy... 
went to the host of Mar- went to the home of Marshmuel. They brought him daisa. They both say daisa. Daisa is like a type of porridge, right? That's made out of pounded grain. He didn't eat. He didn't eat, right? Vidilma so the Gemara says v'lo achal. So he wouldn't eat it. Now, why? What was his concern? What was his concern? His concern that maybe it was made in a large mortar. I have a double maktashas kitana abduha. But maybe they made it in a small mortar. And the use of a small mortar ultimately seems to be mutter on yamtiv. He saw that the porridge was very finely ground. So I guess there's a difference in the grinding quality of a large mortar versus a small mortar. The point is he saw from the way that the dish was prepared that halacha lamaisa, the, the porridge was made in a large grinder. So a large mortar. Maybe they made it yesterday. How do you know it was made today? Maybe it was made Erev Yom in which case it's not a problem. Because I will say what happens, he saw based on the coloration of the, of the daisa, look at Rashi, kalif tzahare, Sohar mariso hayakaluf v'lavan. Apparently, when grain is like freshly ground or freshly peeled, it has like white streaks. So the point is, he saw based on the dish. He saw based on the dish that it was made today. That it was made today. Dabe kaluf tzari v'ibay zema shiny beimar shmuel dika pritusa da'avdi. Or unfortunately, it could be that the house of Marshmuel was a little bit different. Why? Because it was known that he had unscrupulous servants. He knew that he had unscrupulous servants. So we'll say, you know, a number, a number of very, uh, very important lessons you learn from this. When you go over to someone's house on Shabbos or Yom Tiv, don't go into the kitchen. That's number one, right? And stay at the table, eat your food, let your host worry about, the, about their halachas, right? Number two, don't look so closely, right? Don't look so closely at the food you're eating. Just eat it, especially if you're a guest somewhere else. And I will say, but on a, on, a, on a serious note, what you see from here is as follows. Isn't this incredible that this is Marshmuel? Yet Marshmuel had unscrupulous servants that he did not deal with. So I will say, you have to be on top of what goes on in your house. Because sometimes things happen in my house and I turn a blind eye because I figured, you know what? It's okay, it'll go away <laughs> or it'll take care of itself. Our problems never solve themselves. If there's something going on, your, under, on under your roof, get on top of it. And at the end of the day, take care of it. Because A, it doesn't go away. And second of all, everyone else will end up knowing about it as well. And ultimately, it doesn't just impact you. You can see over here, Mar Bar Shmuel invited over Raf Papi, and Raf Papi wouldn't eat in his house. And I was saying, this is not like a Raf Papi being a machmir and deciding, this is Raf Papi would not eat in Marshmuel's home. Why? Because Marshmuel had unscrupulous servants, which presumably he knew about, and yet didn't do anything to address. How many times do we walk through life with obvious, glaring issues, challenges, and deficiencies. We pretend like they don't exist. We pretend like no one else sees them. I know them, everyone else knows them. And if I just found the courage to address them, to take care of them, how much better life would be. Says, oh, we'll say, so before we go on to the Mishnah, Shulchan Aruch, again, I don't have time to do this, Halach Alamaisa, Justice, but what I do want to tell you is this. This is Simon Tov Kuf Dalid Sif Aleph. So just take a look at the Shulchan Aruch. But here it is very quickly. Halacha number one. 
you can crush spices normally on yamtiv. So we'll say this is very important because if you have a pepper grinder, you have a pepper grinder, you could use, right? Well, you could grind spices normally on yamtiv. Why? What's the logic? Because the assumption is grinding spices on, before yamtiv does not yield the same qualitative results as grinding it on yamtiv itself. There's an assumption that fresh spices are better. Therefore, aloch lemaisa, you can grind it on yamtiv itself. Aval melach eno nidoch biyamtiv el imkin hita machteshes o sheyaduch bikara ukiyotzeba kedeshi yishana shimshacha kamelach erev yamtiv lo yafik timeo. So, what's we essentially adapt the position of basically? You can grind spices on yamtiv itself. You cannot grind salt. So, what's we'll all seriousness? If you do have one of those like uh, things, you can't use that for salt on yamtiv. You cannot grind salt on yamtiv, right? Because ultimately, sorry, right? right? Because ultimately, again, salt can be ground on, on Erev yamtiv with the same qualitative results, but can grind spices on yamtiv. Listen to this. He goes on, he gives other examples about palpal and chargal, but we don't have to really start getting into that. Now listen to this. The Ramah says something a little bit different. And I'm about to say, here we go. Ha'umihu. Noagin Lashanos Kitsas Bedichas Tavlin Vichain Roy Lahodos or Lahoros, excuse me. So ultimately again the, the Ramah says, but Alochalamaisa, whenever you're grinding spices on Yamtiv, we always do it to the Shinui. So the Ramah the Ramah disagrees with the Machaber. And the Ramah says the Ramah says, really, whenever you're grinding spices on Yamtiv, just employ a shinui, and he says, this is indeed the best way to go forward. And the Mishnah Bura comments, and he says, say, Why would the Ramah be machmir and tell you that you should even grind spices with a, with a shinui? Because he actually quotes, Mishnah Bura quotes the first opinion. The first opinion says that, remember, the only time you have a license to go ahead and grind and grind spices on yamtiv is when, first opinion, the interpretation is when you didn't know what you were making on Erev yamtiv, right? Then if you didn't know what you, you, didn't know you were going to need it, you could do it on yamtiv. Mishnah Buras is very often people know what they're going to need Erev yamtiv already. Well, see, I, I would think even if people cook on yamtiv, and you know, we'll get to this, I just want to point out the goal, the goal is to do as much preparation as you can before yamtiv. That's always the goal. The, the, the permits for Ochal Nefesh Abosai, you know, for a person to spend Yamtiv preparing, for a person to spend Yamtiv cooking, that's not the way Akadish Baruch who wants us to spend Yamtiv. Ochal Nefesh is a license. It's a license. It's not an encouraged practice. What you need to do, you do. So Bepashtos, Bepashtos, a person knows, hopefully, first of all, hopefully a person did the lion share preparation before Yamtiv. But even if I didn't do lion share preparation, the, the Ramah assumes you know what you're making. You know what you're making. So because you know what you're making, therefore, you should have known which spices you need as well. And therefore, the Ramah says, in reality, if you're going to grind something on Yantif salt or other spices, it should be done with the shun. And I both say, that is indeed how the Ramah ends off. So interesting. So for Svardim, Svardim, the Mechaber says, you could grind spices on Yantif without a shinui. Without a shinui, salt with a shinui, spices without a shinui. For Ashkenazim, we grind everything on yamtiv with a shinui. Fascinating. Both say, says the Mishnah, Habor kitnias biyamtiv. If someone does borer, now both say, here we go. Someone does borer with kitnias on yamtiv. So, which means again, I have legumes. Kitnias are legumes. I have kitnias on yamtiv, and I want to go ahead and sort it out. 
So listen to this, Rebose. So again, for those of so those of you doing smichas chaver, this is a little bit of a, of a chazar as olchos borer. So listen to this. Beishamai says borer ochel va'ochel. Good. Rebose. Now remember again the malacha of borer, the malacha of borer in general. In order to do borer, in order to be allowed to do an act of separation on Shabbos, you need three things. What are the three things? Right. Miad biad ochel mitoch psolas by hand for immediate use. Food. From refuse, right? right? The stuff that you want from the stuff you don't want. So Beishamai says, on Yom Tif, if you want to do bar, you could do bar, but bar ochav ochal, which means what? You can separate food, food from from the stuff you don't want. So ochal mitok psolas ochal, and you can eat it immediately. So Beishamai seems to indicate that you could do bar as long as you satisfy the normative three criteria. Ubeisila omrim. Borer kedarko, you could go ahead and separate in a normal fashion. I've also now bepashtos when beishamai says in a, says in a normative fashion, it means you could even remove the psolas, you could even remove the refuse, leave the food. Becheiko in your lap, bekanon is a funnel, tamchui large plate, which means you could even do it with a kli. Avalo betablo, velo benafo, velo bekavra, but you can't go ahead and use a board, a sifter, or a sieve. So in other words, you could use a kli. But not a specialized borer kli. Right? So you can use a utensil, but not a specialized separating utensil. Bagumilo says, Af madiach vishola. You could even say madiach vishola means you could even go ahead and saturate the mixture with water and ultimately again shola skim off, have the stuff float and then skim it off. Again, we'll discuss exactly what that means in the Gemara. Tanya, Aram Gamil, to us listen to this. So Mangamil says that Sal's Bamedamurim. When now we'll say now Beishamai is not a chiddush, right? Essentially, what Beishamai is saying is the halachos of borer on yamtiv are the same as halachos of borer when by Shabbos. So you need three criteria in order to engage in an act of separation. Ocha mitok. So you have to take out what you want, leave behind what you don't want. Biad with your hand without a utensil, and miad for immediate use. Says Beishamai, both the same halachos apply on yamtiv. Beis Hillel says you could actually remove the psolas. You could take away the refuse, leave the food. You could do it with a kli. So it says, when is that true that Beis Hillel allows this? Kisha ochel meruba ala psolas. That's only true if what? If there's more food than psolas. Now, what's the logic with that? Because if there's more food than psolas, then what? Then what? Then the removal of the food is actually what? More work, right? Think about this. If there's more food, more ochel than psolas, then to pull out the ochel is actually more laborious, right? It's more work than removing the psolas, right? There's less psolas, therefore less work to remove it. But if there's more psolas than ochel, then ultimately, again, you take the ochel and you remove the psolas. In other words, even Basilel who says that you can go ahead and remove psolas from ochel on yamtiv is only saying that in a case where there's less psolas, more ochel, so that the removal of the psolas is less tircha, it's less effort. But obviously, if there's more psolas than ochel, then you would remove the ochel, leave the psolas. To which the Gemara says, one second, psolas meruba ala ochel? If there's more psolas than ochel abosai, mi ikaman deshari. Listen to this. The Gemara says, this is wild. If there's more psolas than ochel, the Gemara says, then the entire mixture 
is muktza. said, if the ochel is, is, is outnumbered by the psolas, then essentially the psolas becomes the rove. Once it becomes the rove, the entire mixture becomes pretty much unusable from a halachic perspective. So, no, no, no. What's the case? The case could ultimately be, in the case of Rashi, which literally means there's more effort but less volume. More effort but less volume. When is this so? When does Beishamai allow you to go ahead and remove Psolas? Where even though, even though in a, in a situation where there's more ochel on the psolas, but there's more ochel, and therefore again, the tircha to remove the ochel is greater than the tircha to remove the psolas. So we'll say to which the Gemara is ultimately saying, no, 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 we're always talking about cases where there's more ochal than psolas. So what are we referring to over here? Which has greater tircha? Basilo essentially wants you removing whatever has less expenditure of effort. That's the goal. So ultimately, again, which requires the least amount of effort? The removal of the ochal or the removal of the psolas? But it always, and whichever one has less expenditure of effort, that's the one ultimately, again, that you'll remove from the mixture. But it has to be a situation where there's more ochel than psoles, because interestingly enough, interestingly enough, according, at least according to the Gemara over here, if there's more psoles, by definition, the entire mixture becomes becomes muktas. Quite interesting. Rabbi Gamliel says you could even go ahead, madiach means put water there and skim off the psoles. Tanya, Amar Rabbi Elazar Barab Tzadik, this was of the house They would bring a, a bucket filled with legumes. They would pour water on it. And what would happen is the ochel would remain on the bottom of the bucket and the psolas would float to the top. It was an easy way of doing bar, and then they would just skim off the psolas. But we learned just the opposite that the ochel would rise to the top. And the psalms would go to the bottom. Lokash, it's not a contradiction. Habaafra, habigili. Well, say it depends on the kind of psalms. If you're talking about dirt, dirt sinks to the bottom. If you're talking about straw, straw floats to the top. But the isod is the same. This is how they would go ahead and. This is how they would go ahead and do baran. I will say shulchanarich paskins like beisilo. Now I want to point out borer is one of these types of malachas that also creates a bit of halachic anxiety. Just like tochen, because Bora was also a what we'll call a more mass production malacha. Yet, despite that, we paskin like Basilal, that halacha lamaisa on yamtiv for ochal nefesh purposes, you are permitted to go ahead and engage in normative acts of Bora. So, in other words, on yamtiv, you would not need to comply with the three criteria of ochamitok psoles, miyad, and biyad. As long as you're doing borer for an ochal nefesh purpose, incredible. But let's at least begin the next mishnah. Listen to this. Beishamai says, "On yamtiv, if you want to send a gift to someone, you could only send already prepared food. That's called manos." Rashi says, "Elamanos 
Tavar hamucham vein asay lahanichol amachar kigon chatichos baser chatuchos ifnei archen lechein dogim. So Beishamai says, if you want to send a gift to someone, you can only send ready to eat food. Ready to eat food. You could send livestock, live animals, slaughtered animals, you could send wine, oil, flour, kidneys, legumes, where does Basilo draw his line? You can't send wheat. Now, why not wheat? Look at Rashi, Avalotvua. Sheino ruuya hayom shein tochnin biyomtiv shalitchon meesmo velo suffik taimo. Oh, this goes back to last sugya. You can't grind wheat on yomtiv. But I say, why can't you grind wheat on yomtiv? Because wheat is a perfect example of saying that could have been ground on erev yomtiv with the same qualitative results. So therefore, interestingly enough, Beisilol says pretty much you could send whatever you want, just not wheat. Avalotvua, Rabbi Shimon Matzebetvua. Rabbi Shimon says you could even go ahead and you could even go ahead and send it. Rabbi, so we have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up appearance Hashem with this gemara tomorrow. Incredible, incredible, sorry, incredible sugyas ahead of us in the days to come. Shkoyach.